0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Holy Father, thank you for this day, for those who've been able to walk alongside this day. Thank you, Lord God, for your love, for calling us to you. We offer you this time, Lord God, we pray, Father, that through our conversation, we would both help each other and help those who are listening. We pray, Lord God, that you would please, we, we give you permission to continue to heal us, please, to wash us clean, to purify us, to grow in us a, a steadfast love, if anything, a love for love pray, Father, that you would bless us with the words to speak. We pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. 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 Please bless Marty. (laughs) Amen. Hello and welcome to Sons of Thunder, the podcast that is probably fairly similar to Power Rangers. We're just ordinary people. Who come together? Actually, no. It's more like Captain Planet, isn't it?
1: How about Captain America?
0: No. Captain Planet. You definitely, Marty, do not come in with heart. What are you
1: coming with? I think Captain Planet was the biggest load of crap I ever saw on children's <laughs> TV. <laughs> How about G-Force? That was good.
0: Can I just underlined- Astro Boy. Can I? Uh, yes, happy with that. You can be Doctor Elephant.
2: <laughs> so Sam, we're still we're still trying to work out why are we like a cartoon? <laughs> you haven't quite explained the, the reference. Or is it,
0: or, ordinary people who combine their powers. Oh, like Voltron. And from that, like Voltron, I was going to say that originally, and I thought I don't know if everyone, if our whole audience will understand. So your reference
1: is Captain Planet. But Yes.
0: <laughs> Well, then I went with Power Rangers, then I thought maybe Captain Planet, but yeah, Voltron. But can I just underline for one second that I did say that you were unlikely to be the heart (laughs) ring in Captain Planet, which you followed up with. That was the biggest load of crap on TV.
2: Kids' cartoons are not meant to be propaganda. (laughs) They're meant to be mindless (laughs) entertainment
1: at the end of a school day. That's right. The the good old-fashioned way.
0: I learned a lot of my morality from Astro Boy, though. It was all about sacrifice.
1: Mm. I
2: never understood Astro Boy.
1: It was great. The Lions Voltron or the um, Cars Voltron? (laughs) I loved the Cars one. So did I, but it was so short. Oh yes, yes. And it just turned into the Lions (laughs) one. And anyway, the Cars one was heaps better. So many more variables.
0: Mm. How about you, Father Dave? I don't think the White Lion
2: Voltron. (laughs) <laughs> so uh I'll just, I'll just smile and nod and uh,
0: uh yeah how did you find fulfillment as a child i
2: watched other cartoons
0: <laughs> uh, in finding fulfillment as it, it obviously changes over time we're going to look at at what brings us fulfillment and what we what perhaps even draws us away from fulfillment and we have to define what is fulfillment because there are going to be many different viewpoints on this, and we're going to come at it from a very specific viewpoint that says a particular fulfilment trumps all the other pseudo-fulfillments. We haven't discussed this, so I'm hoping you agree with Let's me. Let's go with that. Otherwise, we wouldn't do this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I gave you to said a continued sentence, but...
1: I was, I, was just trying to, I was just trying to chime in. I was trying to help you out, but I couldn't. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> uh,
0: I think it's very important for us to, to actually stand back and, and think about the why. Now, I, just, I actually have just come from a meeting with someone we did a, a podcast with last season, being Mario Borg. Uh, I think we titled him the Kingpin of Youth Ministry. Of youth ministry. So we we're actually talking about youth ministry. And there was something that he said in the meeting, which was the word why. He'd been asked to do something that on the outside, from the from the outside might look like a great thing to get involved with with youth ministry. And his response to the, the people who'd asked him was, Why? And said, Oh, because it'll be, you know, really good to get everyone together. Why? And he kept asking that question. And in the end, they found it very difficult to answer the question. It is very easy for us to go through life with goals, with ambitions in life, what we are aiming for, what we are working for, what we believe will bring us fulfillment in life. And yet if we keep doing the why question, it can fall apart. Or we come to answers that are maybe not as uh, solid as we'd like them to be. Mm. Uh, again, to re- to reference a previous podcast, we find that there might be a few fig leaves thrown in.
2: It's actually a bit of a business principle they talk about of asking the five whys. That
1: yeah, we use that on um, incident uh, investigations. Yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, but I, like, you, like you- the context I've heard it of is is in terms of like what you're saying, Sam. Like if if an idea comes up or a proposal is put forward, you ask why five times.
1: And just keep digging in.
2: If you can't answer all the whys, then you realize that it's probably not worth doing. But in terms of life, Mm. I think that's actually kind of a good principle as well, because often we're just jumping in and doing something. This is my chance to interrupt instead of me getting interrupted all the time. (laughs) Yeah, so often we really just do something. (laughs) He's, He's grown up a lot, hasn't he? (laughs) we make decisions in life which we assume are a good idea but we're not actually Mm. questioning it
1: yep all the time Mm.
0: now i assume that saying why and then you answer it yeah cause and you say yeah but why yeah cause doesn't suffice (laughs) that i'm i'm assuming that you need to give a sufficient answer to the why and then you ask why to that correct answer correct yes so why are we doing this podcast i thought you're supposed to answer at least straight away. We're
2: just, we're just allowing for some dramatic gonna... effect there. Cause. Because <laughs> you told Cause... us to. <laughs> I think it was your fault.
1: <laughs> hey, I
0: you're looking at both of us. Which it was one? your idea. <laughs> no, nah, it, was, it wasn't. It was Marty's idea.
1: Because it was my idea. <laughs>
0: Because it was my idea. Okay. So why should we do Marty's ideas? Because <laughs> he would just keep <laughs> nacking us otherwise. <laughs> uh,
1: this is deteriorating. Right, so, fast.
0: So, so, so for for most people, the the initial, it's not really the initial why, but the initial path that we set down is one of employment, isn't it? There there are a few major end goals. One is employment. The happiness. other one is family. And a lot of people, happiness.
1: Comfort. Not saying it's a good one, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Why are you doing the job you're doing? A lot of people who would be hopefully in a job where they really love the work and they do it even if they weren't being paid for it. There's a lot of people who are doing a job which they don't really like, Sorry,
2: but sir, sir, it's sir, an what, individual what means. What did you say?
1: How many people it? do you reckon do jobs that they love and they do it even if they weren't getting paid? I don't know anyone like that. Two,
0: two, two out of three in this podcast. <laughs> Apart from you two. I don't know anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, Father Dave, I'll, I'll get you to unpack for us. I think you are the most qualified to do this, but, but uh, what is our end goal? Our, for what, what should be bringing us fulfillment in life? And I feel a bit of St. Augustine coming on.
2: Well, I've, I've got to say that the topic has got me pondering because we talk about trying to find fulfillment in life, but maybe, maybe there is no such thing. Um, mm. maybe, maybe we're better off talking about fulfillment yeah. in death. Um, that might sound a little bit macabre, but
0: that's a very Father Dave answer.
2: We we would say as Christians that our ultimate hope or our, the, the ultimate yearning within us is only going to be fulfilled in the resurrection. And so it's a matter of finding a glimpse of that here on earth, you know, mm-hmm. that as St. Paul would say, you know, we, we see these things as in a glass darkly, but on that day we'll see them face to face you know so we, we see things that reveal to us our hope and our fulfillment or the promise of fulfillment but there's some point where we're left in this holy discontent you know we're, we're just yeah. never quite satisfied
0: similar to an extent with having studied at university where there can be what will bring me fulfillment today as opposed to what will bring me fulfilment in 30 years' time? And the answer to either of those questions will greatly affect what you do on that day. If there is a, a focus further afield, then you'll do some hard yards right now. At Sacrifice. Uni. If your focus, yes. If your focus is on the right here and now and nothing beyond that, and there's no, uh, there's no gaze, there's no need for hope, or anything like that, then it, it can become a very hedonistic, selfish, self-centered, um, uh, happy,
2: comfort, so joy great, chasing. That's I mean that's a great moment.
1: example. That's not just university though. That's like everyone all the time.
2: I think it speaks of how much you're in touch with your desires, or or maybe how mature your desires are. You know, because I mean, if, you, if you look at a little child. Their desire is for chocolate. If they've got chocolate, they're fulfilled.
1: Something (laughs) lollyish.
2: At which point Sam holds up the old gold chocolate, which he's hoarding (laughs) to himself.
0: (laughs) Um, I've actually brought it. I'm at Marty's place, by the way. I'm in another room, but I'm over in Perth in Western Australia. And Marty, I've brought for you to share a uh, pack of old gold. That's
1: wonderful. If you don't leave it in that room you're in, or the little (laughs) one will eat it all.
2: But I think there's a point where our desires mature or deepen. And I would suggest this is where, in a strange way, the closer you get to your destination, the more terrible you feel because the things of Earth don't satisfy you. Like Mm. you, you start to get more in touch with that eternal longing and everything just kind of becomes boring compared to that. Because you're looking mm. for something bigger that can't be filled until you're dead,
1: yep, mm. I'm certainly approaching that that road you know the stuff the stuff that I used to um you know, particularly around work you know and the opportunities I had which chased really hard and 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 achieved lots of stuff and they're all you look back and it's all it's all pretty empty really it's it's it it, it didn't turn out to be what it was promised to be, if that makes sense. At the end of the day, it's a job. You know, there's reasons for earning money, et cetera, and spending your time productively and all of that. But it's, I just find it's not the fulfillment of all desires that it's sort of implied to be career well
0: right now i'm feeling very unfulfilled because i wanted to really participate in this conversation but as we were chatting my my laptop gave me a warning saying that i was about to run out of memory space which i'm trying to record this podcast on so i was very quickly stripping out some uh some things i had on my laptop for the school i was just in that i didn't need anymore to get space which meant i missed part of our conversation so i'm i'm sorry but i'm still with you for the end maybe there's
2: a whole parable in that sam that you know, we, we can't be fulfilled unless we're emptied. We we have to get rid of the the unnecessary stuff that's taking up space if we're ever actually going to be filled with what truly brings us joy.
1: that That is brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about that for a bit. How does well, God allows this discontentment to grow or to be there or to grow or even suffering to, you know, ultimately to uh, give us a trigger to to look for more, or to or to want more, or to to orient ourselves towards Him. It's a little bit backwards, I think. That we we got this idea that suffering's bad, and, and even at a lesser extent, being unfulfilled is bad. But in the context of God, like it's inevitable that you're not going to be fulfilled until you're in Him.
0: Mm. That's an interesting discussion to have as well as to what how you define, I know we have covered this at various points, but how you define what relationship with God is. Because there's certainly been different times in life where I've heard quite almost conflicting, almost, not 100%, but somewhat conflicting answers to what it means to follow God, to be in relationship with mm. God. and And there is... At an extreme, and it's probably easier to see it as an extreme, and then you can set up your sliding scale in between. But relationship with God, but it's in the form of the prosperity gospel. So there is still incredible fulfillment in the here and now in getting what I want. And it's through a relationship with God that I achieve what I want. Mm. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I'm just musing on this, so I'm happy for you to jump in and correct me on this. But the other end of this the spectrum, you might have, for example, that, Sense of rather than getting what I want, but that that constant seeking of what God wants or what God is asking, and a, and a letting go and emptying of self. It, is that okay to set them up as two ends of the?
1: I think so. I don't. I don't. I can't think of any saints who like really appeared to have bought into the prosperity gospel.
2: Prosperity gospel is rubbish. <laughs> Just put that out <laughs> and, there. I, mean, I think that's why. But <laughs> it, it it basically. Puts worship of material things into a, a holy context, but it misses the whole point that the the whole the heart doesn't want stuff. The heart wants relationship. It wants love, and things are mm. not going to satisfy you. If they do, I think it's just a sign that emotionally and, and on the level of your desires, you're just straight up immature. Like you haven't you haven't encountered where the true joy is to be found. Mm. And I think this is where you know. the the saints were the complete opposite to the prosperity gospel you know they were running on this idea that all i want is christ and even if everything else gets stripped away from me as long as i Mm. have christ i'm happy and i think that that's the thing which we we don't talk about it enough and i I think we we almost feel a bit embarrassed by the extreme language they use you know when when saint francis tells that story of perfect joy it was one of his Mm. brothers brother leo maybe he was telling the story to try to ask him, you know, what, what does perfect joy look like? And he says, you know, if, if every person in Europe became a Franciscan, that would not be perfect joy. If, if every Franciscan became elevated to a bishop so they could influence the future of the church, that would not be perfect joy. And he goes on with a few other examples of, you know, power and success. And, and then finally, when this brother says, well, what, what does perfect joy really look like? And he says, well, it's, it's when you've been walking all day in the, in the cold and the frost and the snow and you finally come back to one of your, your friaries and you call out saying, here I am, I'm one of your brothers, and they insult you and tell you to go away and you come back again and say, no, no, really, I'm, I'm, I'm one of you. And they, they believe that instead you're a, a thief and they come out and beat you and throw you into the mud and tell you to never come back again. And he says, you know, that's perfect joy. <laughs> Um,
0: wow has had had saint francis of assisi lost the plot well no. he, maybe
2: you know <laughs>
1: <laughs> maybe he, i
2: i think he discovered something of the fact that if you've got christ nothing else matters because in that moment yeah. you've got nothing yeah. else to hold on to mm. and so in a sense the except the only thing everything that matters of you becomes the greatest blessing because mm. it's emptying you of anything which is stopping you from being filled with christ so and that was really the whole idea of poverty was I want to have less, I want to you know have nothing filling my heart, so that the only thing would be christ so yeah it yeah. was a, it was a completely different image to prosperity gospel
0: and we have a, a there's a definition within society that's pretty well accepted regarding love that love is a what makes me feel good as opposed to love being a a sacrifice. At that level, yeah, and I'm going to hold the old gold up again, the uh, the dark chocolate block that I have sitting here caramel
1: centres. So
0: after this, mm, <laughs> for for after the podcast. But uh, there's a great joy that comes from really good food, or in this case, sweet. It is good chocolate that one, but we can keep filling ourselves up with all these things. But that sense of by by entering into that denial of self of fasting etc that we are training we're training in small things in order to grow in bigger things because love is sacrifice we we can learn to sacrifice to exercise that spiritual muscle in so many everyday areas in order to better love for the one thing that does matter mm. But it only makes sense if we know what the end goal is.
1: So, what's God's plan for people?
2: Coming back to this, this whole thing of what is love. Maybe not hurt every me every time. No more. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've never done a talk where I've said that without people going, <laughs> breaking in and singing that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so so like you say, people would define love as being you know I I know I'm loved because I feel it there's something about the journey where we've got to presume that we don't know what love is. And we've almost got to have this sort of, almost like this sort of agnostic position of saying, okay, I'm, I'm on discovery. I'm trying to discover what love actually is. Um, I want to know what (laughs) love is. Because there's going to come a point where you are convinced that you are not experiencing any love. And yet, you've actually arrived at your destination. So I was, I was just pulled out of my bookshelf, John of the Cross. I so was having a quick look through. I can't remember exactly what chapter it's in. He's got this point. I think it's in the either the first or second book of the Dark Knight, where he talks about the journey of prayer, and he says that there's the the, the early stages of prayer are where you're sort of led by feeling um, and consolation. Yeah. And there comes a point where all the feeling and consolation disappears and people start to assume that their prayer is not working anymore. And so they go back to what they used to do at the beginning to try and drum up the feeling. But John basically says, you've actually arrived at your destination at that point. And he, he uses a couple of examples. He says it's it's like someone chasing a deer and at the very point they catch the deer, they drop it and run off to try and catch another one, you know, Mm -hmm. because you're saying like you've you've spent all this time trying to find (laughs) love, and at the very point that you think there is no love, you've actually arrived at your destination because the love is not the feeling. Like you've actually come to a point of being purified beyond chasing the the feeling of love, and you've now actually arrived at the purity of encountering the other.
1: More than a feeling.
0: Marty's dog does this with a <laughs> stick. You th- you throw the stick, and he- and she goes flat out to the stick, finds it, basically puts a nose on it, and then just trots yeah.
1: off. Yeah, she does.
0: It's 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 a. It's, She's it's not a retriever. The... That's the journey. She is not a retriever.
1: Popularly, we 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 keep getting told that it's all about the journey. The journey. I, the journey is
2: kind of important. I, But but you're going somewhere.
1: The journey's about the journey, (laughs) but surely it's actually about the destination.
2: Yes. Well, see, I'd I'd say most people, when they say they're looking at the journey, they're actually looking at a destination which is fun and enjoyment. And as long as the journey is fun and enjoyable, they'll just keep Mm. journeying. But when they actually start arriving at somewhere which requires commitment and sacrifice, they're like, oh, no, I'll keep going on the journey. Yeah. But I I just think that concept is interesting because I think so many people hit that place in their marriage where they think love has died because they're not feeling anything anymore. But actually, maybe they've actually now arrived at a point of loving the person without the feeling attached. In some strange way, love has actually become its purest, refined element. And and the same thing with, with God. People give up on prayer or just stop praying because it's not working anymore. But they've actually arrived at they've arrived at fulfilment. But fulfilment doesn't feel fulfilling. Let's put it that way.
1: Mm. Who's saying if you're um if you if you if you you feel good in if you feel good in your marriage, you're not there yet.
2: (laughs) Don't quote me on that. They they can quote you on that one, (laughs) mate. But, yeah, maybe fulfillment is not what we expect it to be. There's a line in um, Hebrews chapter 12, Mm. which is almost about fulfillment, but it says, what you have come to is nothing known to the senses. And then it kind of describes what you've come to as the heavenly Jerusalem, something which is so far beyond the sensory experience that feeling can't even be used to describe it. And so you've almost got to learn a different way of knowing. So you've got to start to learn, you've got to know on the level of faith or on the level of spirit, as opposed to the level of sense.
0: It's probably one of the greatest blessings of mortality of death is that if we were immortal, we would just continue with what satisfies in the here and now without actually aspiring to that, End destination of of love, of sacrifice, but the it's almost as though that threat of death forces a time frame, and it forces the why. Mm-hmm. It really forces us to contemplate the why of what I'm doing.
2: At least it's meant to. Because a lot of people have just given up on the why. I was I was reading an article the other day about uh, this person saying that meaninglessness is actually the path to real happiness. <laughs>
1: Wow, you know that's um that sounds like a really big compromise on the surface of it.
2: Well, yeah, I think it's just setting your, your desires really low. You know, it's like I don't, I don't want to pursue any of the, the the bigger desires in my heart. I'm just going to satisfy myself with the cheap, trivial things.
1: So this is a, I mean, this is a sort of response to these transcendental desires: the perfect, perfect love and perfect beauty, and and the others that I can't remember off the top True. of my head. <laughs> truth perfect truth, truth that and really good chocolate um <laughs> no, that's that,
2: that wasn't Thomas Aquinas that was someone else <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> that that the only you know explanation that I have these desires for that that can't be fulfilled here is that oh. I'm, I'm made for something else something bigger
2: there was someone who had a quote like that kind of what was it
1: uh,
0: <laughs> I know,
2: I know. Uh,
1: <laughs> what w- w- one of the Lewis's Maybe for the
0: first time today, please make welcome Carl Lewis. Oh no, no, see, <laughs> the see the you, other Lewis. <laughs>
1: but that sounds like a response to that—to to to say, well, yeah, actually, I you know just set your set your sights a lot lower. Yeah, yeah. Which I don't know. I just I don't know how that could possibly be. You know, long term, <laughs> fulfilling.
2: No, no, I and mean, you're you basically sort of saying I'm I'm quite happy just fulfilling these sort of animal desires. Um, but yeah, nothing bigger.
0: Who mm. was it? So I am just being reminded one of the saints had a, a quote about the paradox of love. Was it the more you empty yourself, the more fulfilled you become? Mm. Who was that? Was that Mother... Was that St. Teresa, yeah. Teresa of Calcutta? Possibly.
2: But it's, it's very similar to what Jesus was saying with um, this is... Luke chapter 6. Is it like the, the measure you give will be the measure you receive, pressed down and running over. So it's like mm. the more you pour yourself out, the more he's going to fill you.
1: So I remember hearing a sort of explanation from some Dominicans maybe, but talking about heaven, that every everyone in heaven is perfectly full but part of like your life on earth is is determining how big your capacity is so if you imagine everyone in heaven is a is a vessel that's completely full to the brim and you know i i I might be a thimble and mother Teresa's like a swimming pool and and mary's like an ocean but if if you're there you're perfectly happy but Mm. Your capacity for happiness depends on how how much you allow the Lord to um, build your capacity in, in in this life.
2: That was uh, Teresa Lazio used that image.
1: Okay, come alive. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: mm. yeah. So how do you get there?
2: I was going to say
0: it, it is interesting to, to note that that this is a uh, certainly appears to be part of the explanation of heaven. Is that there will be those, that there is a measure, that there there will be those who will be serving others but will be so, just just so happy to be on, almost like you're just so happy to be on the team. I'd be
1: happy to be on the team serving others.
0: <laughs> yeah. You're serving lunch to St. Therese of lazio and St. Ignatius of Antioch and St. Polycarp.
2: Mm. As long as I get to sit with them afterwards and ask them a few questions.
1: <laughs> so... I think um, I just want to talk about sin a little bit. Jesus, how many times does Jesus say to people, you know, you're healed, go and don't sin anymore? And and this kind of paradox of like Jesus' perfect love and, 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 and God's perfect love, unconditional love, but, but keep, you know, but at the same time continuing to encourage or, or, or drive us towards not, not sinning, not damaging ourselves essentially, through,
0: or at least the, the apparent paradox. Yeah,
1: yeah, it, yeah. That's that's a good clarification. Yeah. I don't think it really is. I, th- I think it can be treated as such. You know, you, some people tend to either pick up one or the other of this ra- rather than both in a integrated kind of way. But, and certainly on the other hand, you got the world sort of saying, "No, you should just chase your." passions your desires you 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 know you'll be you'll be happy if you get more money sex and power that's that's you know if you have that then you then you'll be happy and i suppose i i suppose many people buy into that for a period i'm not sure that anyone can continue buying into that like for their entire lives but jesus certainly isn't saying go and you know just chase your chase your passions chase your chase your desires
0: and you 're talking there a moment ago about actually increasing our capacity to love and to pick up from both Saint Teresa of Lisieux and from again someone else we have interviewed on a, oh, on a podcast previously father father, father fox Father Robert Fox both of them have a, a similar take i've never asked Father Fox whether he happened to get this particular philosophy from someone someone like saint therese of Lisieux, but i remember when i when i met him first of all over in the united states he made a comment to me which was god because i had knocked on his door at a very inappropriate time and he said god only puts people in my life at inappropriate moments to stretch me mm. and then proceeded to to follow through and actually give me some aid and, and help me but actually having that in as a a mindset, and Saint Teresa of L'Azure certainly lived that. Of that, if her prayer was interrupted by someone, it wasn't about a matter of pushing that person out of the way, but essentially continuing the prayer with this person in it, and seeing Christ in them, or or someone who was <laughs> even saying to some uh, some youth ministers I, I caught up with this morning that it wasn't until Saint Teresa of Lisieux's diary was published that one of the sisters in the convent would have discovered that, in fact, St. Therese of Lisieux was not necessarily her best friend. She struggled with her presence, but deliberately went out of her way to make her feel loved because she struggled with her presence to the extent where that nun thought she was her best friend. And and to an extent, probably was. But um, setting that challenge, actually having that as a distinct decision.
1: So what that that sort of...
0: I, I want
1: to be yeah, stretched. Yeah, what that says to me is that God's God's plan for you is bigger than your plan for you or my plan for me. You know, his perspective is bigger, his, his, uh, the horizon he's looking at is bigger and the end game is is bigger. And you see that, I mean, I see that a bit with my kids, you know, trying to, Help them, help them grow up in that, and 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 you end up doing a bit of this. That to the extent that each of them, in their different ways, is capable of being extended, you you know you want to try and give them the opportunity to to grow, which is at a different rate for because they're all different at different times in their lives and all of this. But in a way, the you know the worst thing you could do is say, no, no, you're fine. You're you know a child with child you know, desires, just keep doing that, you know, it would be really dumb. (laughs) But as adults, we, we we sort of absolutely fall into that. (laughs) I just, in terms of being stretched, I remember a time a few years ago reading about the Carthusians who, amongst other things, break sleep every night to go to, I don't don't know when it is midnight prayer or 3am prayer or something. And I just, when I read this I said that is so ridiculous. That like I mean, hats off to them, but there is no way I could I could do that, right? There's like zero, zero chance. And this this memory of reading this was reminded to me last week when I was at Adoration at one AM in the morning because I'd signed onto the roster to do the one AM to two AM slot and And Jesus reminded me that a few years ago i'd i I'd, I'd heard about people doing a similar thing and had rejected it outright and yet and yet now here I am <laughs> doing doing a similar I still find it quite ridiculous, but i still but I got out of bed to do it you know
0: and while, while we've been chatting father dave i 've noticed that you looked like you were so deep in thought and contemplation. I just want to ask what was going through your mind in the last five minutes
2: um, I don't know mostly trivial stuff. I was just looking out the window mostly. (laughs) Um, But no, I was just just listening to you guys talking. I think I I was thinking back to that previous podcast we did on um, how Jesus heals anxiety. And I was just trying to think the connection between that and this discussion now, that fulfillment. Because I think anxiety and depression are epidemic in our modern society because we're being told that we have to be fulfilled. We have to be happy at every moment. And if we're not, something is seriously wrong. And I think even a lot of a lot of religious people can fall into that trap, even on a spiritual level, because we think you know, we, we talk about how Jesus wants to fulfill you, you know He wants you to be filled with love and prayer, and most people don't experience that. Um, but I was thinking when you're talking about this idea of being stretched, maybe that is actually the thing we need to be talking about more. You know, that mm. like that that passage from Luke chapter six, you know, that the measure you give will be the measure you receive. And it's like Jesus is saying, don't think about yourselves. Like, like you you almost need to have this good, healthy self-knowledge to say, okay, there are these genuine desires in my life which haven't been fulfilled. And maybe I do need to grieve that. But if I wallow in that. I'm just going to end up getting more and more depressed and more defensive and more reluctant to give. Whereas maybe the remedy is to actually pull yourself out more and say, so, well, okay, mm. if I have lost all of this, then why don't I just go and lose everything and, you know, hmm. really give myself to love others. I don't know. Yeah. That was just my pondering. I-
0: oh, that's, a, that's, that's the quote I was thinking of. I've just realized that, it was, and it is uh, Saint Teresa of Calcutta. the The paradox she has discovered is that if you if you love until it hurts, then there is nothing left. Yeah. But love. No,
2: there's, there's there's no more hurt, but only love. There's yeah. there's no
0: more hurt, but only love. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm. <laughs> so that's a. Um, I'm just thinking. You know, you, you get to that point where you have and you've 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 given so much and and then you go lord just i just take take it all like there's this little bit that i'm holding on to left it's not really much anymore and like i don't really you know just have, have it all have all of me <laughs>
0: <laughs> suddenly you could be the heart one in captain planet
1: i won't take that as an insult <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so i think we've established that fulfillment is uh a bit of a paradox you can pursue mm. fulfillment knowing that you're not actually going to achieve it here on earth and the way to find it is by not seeking it but try trying to give it away
1: right mm. qed here endeth the lesson
2: <laughs> well here beginneth the confusion
1: <laughs> I, I rest <laughs> my case
0: what uh why <laughs> And I got four of them. Why? Because come. your
2: your ultimate joy is in Christ, and you wanted to empty the vessel of your heart so that you can have only Him. And why is my ultimate because joy he is in the Christ? Way, the truth and the life.
1: That'll <laughs> do I will hold the other two. I win. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting how, how he doesn't say I'm I'm a way, and 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 a truth, or one of many truths, or a life. But he
0: actually this is you know, we talk about fulfillment. I think this is one of the really big issues that we are struggling with in in modern Western society, particularly is that our involvement with politics and seeing that as the fulfillment. Mm. And and once we have control through politics or once, once the policies reflect what I believe, then we'll have fulfillment. Yeah. And, and it can be a very dangerous path. We become, you gotta be very careful what I say here because we're, there are certainly are policies that that we need to f- to fight, or to either fight to keep, or to yeah. fight to change. But it can become very consuming to the extent where you can make a strong case for that. Is where a person has placed their fulfilment. Secular
1: messianism.
0: Yes. Yeah. This is this is God. I don't really need a God. What I mm. need is a, a king. No, I don't really want a king. I want to. I want to say too. I want a democracy mm. and a prime minister.
1: Hmm. what's that dude that dude who taught us accounting back at uni <laughs> when he got asked what's the yeah. what's the difference between capitalism <laughs> and communism, and communism. He says in, in communism there's a small group of rich people that control everything and in capitalism there's a small group of rich people who control everything
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> and they just stared at the <laughs> collection theater <laughs> just stared at us and eventually, when someone started laughing, he smiled and uh continued with his lecture
1: <laughs> so yeah, I think there's something in that i think i mean that that's that's the it's it's original sin that's gonna mean that any system of government is not going to be perfect, and I'm not in any way advocating communism even the best ones are not going to be perfect in this world.
2: Was, um, well,
0: what, well, one can be better than the other, but it doesn't mean that that is the ultimate. The ultimate is, uh, is a submission mm-hmm. to well,
2: God. Wasn't it Churchill's great quote about democracy, where he said, democracy is the worst system of government in the world, but at least it's better than all the other ones? <laughs> 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 it's such a way with words. Now, just, just getting back to this uh, contradiction of fulfillment, can I read to you a little bit of John on the Cross? Because this, this probably... This probably sums up Please. Uh, the confusion that many people are probably feeling here. This is...
0: Yours is better because I'm in Marty's younger daughter's bedroom. That's where he has set me up. She's at school. And the book next to me is uh, The Babysitter's Club. You can do a
2: reading for so you, that next. Um, yeah, read yours. Let's go with John on the cross. <laughs> this is just okay, one go. of John's great summaries about how to find fulfillment in the spiritual life. He basically says, to reach satisfaction in all, desire its possession in nothing. To come to to possess all, desire the possession of nothing. To arrive at being all, desire to be nothing. To come to the knowledge of all, desire the knowledge of nothing. To come to the pleasure you have not, you must go by a way in which you enjoy not. To come to the knowledge you have not, you must go by a way in which you know not. Anyway, he keeps on going on and on and on. but it's a, What's
0: that last one again? Uh, about have not? If, if,
2: if you want to come to that? the knowledge that you have not, you need to go by a way in which you know not. I mean, you'd have to go deeply into John of the Cross to understand what he's meaning by all this. But he's he's sort of recognising that there's a certain point in which you can pursue something and get close to the end goal, but then there's almost a point where you tip over a, a the second half of the journey makes no sense because to keep getting closer to your end goal, you've almost got to walk away, walk away from it. So you might begin life with a clear idea of what fulfillment's going to look like, but maybe you hit middle age where nothing makes sense anymore. And you realize that actually my fulfillment, my fulfillment is not going to become in having stuff. It's going to come from giving stuff away. Or it's not mm. going to come from having pleasure and comfort. It's about having almost less pleasure and less pleasure and comfort. So yeah, I think that's sort of this paradox that you, as you get closer to it, you've almost got to do the opposite to what you started off with, if that mm. makes any sense at all.
1: Sorta. Of.
0: <laughs> mm. well, if you if we if we aim in life even with something great like to be a saint in heaven. But our aim in life is to be a, a saint in heaven who is celebrated and lauded and prayed to. And then the path to that would be one of sacrifice, complete self-giving, perhaps not, martyrdom. But martyrdom and, and, every and not day. caring about
2: being celebrated at all. <laughs> like you, mm. you've almost got to yes. abandon that desire to achieve it.
1: <laughs> mm. Yeah, great example. <laughs>
2: It a—I
0: a, won't say the person's name—but a famous pop singer who, in an interview, said, "I'm actually the most humble person I know." <laughs> Maybe.
1: Let's pray. In the, name of the Father the Son, and Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for bringing us together. So, ask your blessing on us and our families and our listeners. We ask that you would. Come into our hearts and expand our hearts and give us the capacity to love more and that you would expand us and fill us with yourself. Amen.
2: Well, we pray you pour your blessing on us and upon all those who are listening. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace.
0: Pray for us. babysitter's club. Oh, not in a bad way, a nice way. Just, um, oh, well, wow, I need context <laughs> on this. You have
2: up in the middle of it.
0: I have, yeah. I'll never, f- oh, here we go. i never forget the look on your face when Jackie spilled the juice, or yours when he you found that mud puddle, or when Jackie knocked you into me. Oh, not in a bad way, a nice way. Oh, that's nice. It's a guy, and a girl. It looks like it looks like they're falling in love.
1: You can um, you can read that tonight if you want.